Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Listen CG. My name is Rich Arkinoff, and I'm blessed to serve as the superintendent of the Center Grove Community School Corporation, where we believe that all students should receive an exceptional educational experience. With me today is Christy Berger, our Director of School Counseling and Mental Health. Christy, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much, Dr. Arkinoff, for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Absolutely. Um, so that's a big title, Director <laughs> of School Counseling and Mental Health. A lot going on there. You know, right now in today's world, uh, we know we have a national crisis, mm -hmm. if not a worldwide crisis, mm -hmm. in mental health. You know, with all of that happening, you know, I think back to the pandemic mm -hmm. and how that really uh, heightened it. But even before the pandemic, we saw a lot happening in mental health. And here in Center Grove, we knew it was such a big deal that we were really starting to increase our services mm -hmm. for our children. So I guess I'll just jump right in there and say, why should schools get involved in the mental health process for our students? Yeah, great question, and we tend to hear that a lot um, with our students being at school and mental health needs being higher than they've been before. We know that they are in our buildings the majority of their day, which really helps us to access them and to help take away some barriers for families, as such as transportation, taking off time for work, students missing school. And so when we think about the mental health supports at schools and why those should be connected Really, it's to help support the families as they go through those services with their students. It really helps to eliminate barriers, like I shared, but also increase their access to services. And so we provide a variety of mental health serv services, some of those being prevention, some of those being intensive support. Um, but schools really have started to see the need to do that as we're seeing an increase in mental health concerns. But we're also seeing our students come in without skills that they previously may have had, or they've had experiences that maybe students in the past have not had, such as a global pandemic, and they've lost some of those skills or some of those connections and relationship building. And so we're seeing our kids come in with just mental health concerns that we hadn't before. And when I say mental health concerns, I want to acknowledge that that's a spectrum. And so we think of mental illness as being a clinically diagnosed concern that you work with your family doctor, your therapist, uh, you're really supportive around that with treatment, all the way down to a student comes in, they lost a grandparent, dog passed away, they're having a conflict with their peer, and they're not feeling mentally healthy as they were possibly the day before or even the hour before. And so we have kids all along that spectrum. A lot of times we hear a mental continuum referred to, just kind of like our physical continuum. We can have healthy days, days we're not feeling great, and days where we're sick. And it's the same really thought process for mental health as well. Right. And, and, you know, that's interesting, kind of put out that spectrum. I think about children, probably the majority of kids are going through that first part of the spectrum, mm -hmm. which is just really, you know, the issues happening day to day. Mm -hmm. I, I know myself, yeah. I mean, I can ebb and flow in, in frustrations right. and, and needing support and needing someone to talk to from time to time based on whatever's going on, mm -hmm. whether it's personal or work stress. So children are, are dealing with the same thing. So I think about that. You know, when we talk about the needs of children and on a day-to-day -day basis, how do we as a school district identify those really just kind of immediate needs? Mm -hmm. And then what kind of services can we wrap around those kids in the spur of the moment? Sure. 
Well, I think our staff is the number one gatekeeper for that, right? right? They, yeah. From our bus drivers who see our students first thing in the morning to their teachers, to our cafeteria workers, they've all built relationships with our students. Yeah. And they know yeah. if somebody comes in and looks a little agitated, looks a little frustrated, and that's a really good place for us to be able to identify right away that something might be going on. So when I served as a school counselor many times, I would have our school nurse, our bus driver, even a parent call and say, hey, I noticed that somebody at bus, the bus stop today was crying. Would you check on them? Uh, really just having that open line of communication and those relationships helps us to identify those needs right away. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's great that you mentioned the bus driver because I know when I ride the buses sometimes, <laughs> I'll watch bus drivers and they know the kids so well. Some yep. of them know they want, that that child needs a high five when right. they get on. Mm-hmm. They'll know when they're walking up to the bus whether or not they're stressed out or they're happy, and they, they engage them right away in conversation. And so many of our bus drivers are that great, great first line of mental health. Yep, you know? they really are. They're just yeah. being the eyes and ears for our schools and for their support for our students really is their ultimate goal, right? They want to yeah. make sure that they're ready to learn when they walk in our doors. And if something happened before they came in, then that might disrupt their learning. And so they really reach out to either usually the principal, a school counselor, school social worker, sometimes the teacher to just say, could somebody check on this student? And so a lot of times our teachers will pull kids aside and just say, hey, is everything okay? Would you like to talk to somebody else? And then we have our student service personnel to support that. And so when I talk about student service personnel, that's from our school social workers, our school counselors, our community health partners, our school psychologists, and even our school nurses really tend to be those staff members in our buildings that can really come around and support students when they're referred to us from a family member, another student, or a teacher. You're kind of talking about that uh, piece where the the student comes in and they need to get ready to learn, I Mm -hmm. think is the phrase you used. Are they ready to learn? Correct. And having the resources for students to go to, such as these counselors and social Mm -hmm. workers and, and all of that, really helps our teachers then by being able for the students to to go someplace and get some some services they need. However, it's not just really something we do without parent involvement all the time. Is that correct? That is correct. So our school staff, so our school counselors and our school social workers, they're there for all students. And if students come down and they're really upset, they'll talk with students and meet with students. A lot of times they'll call home with that student Mm -hmm. to share, here's a concern today. We're really struggling today. Is it best for them to stay at school? Would you like to talk to your child to kind of help walk through that comforting aspect for our students. And then for students that we continue to see more frequently, so they might be a little bit further along on that continuum or spectrum, that's where we provide small group instruction or what we call sometimes tier two instruction, which requires parent permission, verbal, written, but we have that conversation with our families This is what we're seeing. This is what we would like to provide to support here at school. Here's how you can help at home so we can be a partner in this journey. And then if we have a student who needs additional, like, therapy outside of the support we have, then that's where we have our community health partners. And we refer to them to get that, what you would typically think of therapy, where you're going through your insurance, you're talking to your doctor. That is done with our community health partners. That is not our Center Grove staff. Our Center Grove staff is really there 
care for all students and to really provide that brief crisis intervention that may come up. So anything past the Tier 1 involves the parent. Yes, and we love to involve the parents even with Tier 1. So you'll see we've started to really increase sharing different lessons that are being shared with our students to help support some of those skills. We've been sharing home nights where, as a family, you can come learn about the resources. We created a flow chart called a mental health flow chart that if I'm concerned about my student, where do I start? Who are the people I contact? Because if that's a new concern, you might not know where to start or what we can get. We also sometimes get questions from parents that feel hesitant to reach out because their child is doing well at school, but at home they're not. And we want them to see us as that resource. And we know a lot of the local community health resources, the agencies that are there to support. And so a lot of times we can just provide information to families, even if it's not affecting them during the school day. We really want to just partner with them so that their child's well. Yes, yes. As a parent myself of many kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> as you know, I've I've experienced all kinds of needs from my own children, from the the child who might just need that pat on the back mm-hmm. to some that need to have a counselor to work with mm-hmm. and to get some very involved counseling. So as a parent, you sometimes think about that and you worry a little bit about the stigma of right. mental health. And I think that's one of the things we've been working as an organization, but also probably as a society to mm-hmm. kind of take off that stigma mm-hmm. of mental health. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think first of all, parents sometimes take that internally and personally, and they think they've done something wrong. That's true. And that's not the case, right? We know the data shows us that our students are going to struggle, and they're going to go through a variety of feelings and emotions. Some of it is hereditary. Some of it's genetic. There's things that you need to talk to with a family doctor that is outside of our control. And so really the number one thing you can do is reach out for help, and that does tend to have a stigma especially in some of our high-performing areas where we really want our students to be excelling all of the time. And it may feel like a weakness, but we are really working with our students and our families to realize that it's not a weakness, that actually if you're reaching out for help, that shows that you are building off of the strengths you have and reaching out to your community. Community is so huge for success in all facets of life, but especially for our well-being. And we, I think, at Center in Center Grove really want to come around and love our people and love our people well. And part of that's reaching out for help. And part of that is to not have judgment towards others when they're going through hard times or just in the way we interact with people, right? So I don't know what you're going through at home. I don't know what happened in your morning. And if I'm coming across abrasive to you for no reason, then that's going to trigger feelings and emotions. And so how can we as a community really treat each other with respect and be kind and be willing to create safe places where people can ask for help. Yeah, and that's so true. And, you know, as a teacher, you might have 20 to 30 kids in your classroom, and they're all coming in with different needs and and experiences in the morning. Correct. uh, And you never know who's stressed out about anything. Mm -hmm. And, And it could be something as significant as not been able to eat for the last several days or something as minor as I forgot my favorite pencil. Right, right. And kids need that support. Teachers need to know how to work with them and and get them all on the same page. But I think that internal piece that we've talked about is kids learning how to regulate themselves, right, is really a big part of that. So just kind of switching gears for a minute, how about and staff, teachers, employees, you stress yeah. that they're under. Yeah. So we, one of the favorite statements I like to use when working with staff is the best 
intervention and support that we can provide for our students as a healthy teacher. And if our teachers aren't well, they're not bringing their best self every day, right? And so how can we help them feel supported as well? And I think Center Grove has done a really great job at increasing our employee assistance program, which is free counseling for our staff or any of our staff. We call that EAP. Correct, Mm -hmm. yes. So we've seen an increase in that. We've also seen an increase in people accessing it because we've been really sharing that resource. We've been trying to provide more professional development around staff well-being and staff self-care and things that they can do to really make sure that they're looking at their own health and well-being and really being intentional with that. I think sometimes we hear self-care and people roll their eyes and they think it's a vacation or chocolate, but really what are those day-to-day activities that you can build into your routine, such as movement, drinking water, getting sleep, and really encouraging that and really setting those boundaries. We know that our educators love to do all things for all kids, and they've got to shut that off sometimes, and they've got to go home to their families and their lives and set those boundaries and really know that they are there to teach their students and to support their students, but if they aren't well themselves, then they're not going to be able to do that to the best of their ability. So we've really been working on encouraging our staff to do that, giving them permission to do that, and really just rewarding them when we see that they are taking the time for their own well-being. And that's so true. I've learned to do some things like some quiet time, right. just having, even if it's just 10 minutes mm-hmm. and setting that aside, turn everything off and, and just find that time to get centered and take care of myself and right. try, try not to think of anything. You know, one of my favorite little techniques that I've been doing right now is look at my phone and then put it down and say, I'm not going to think about the phone yes. for 10 minutes. Can I really not think about the phone yep. for 10 minutes? Yeah. You know, so try to train my brain to let some things go. And so it's a it's a fun activity for me. Things like that that I think people can do are some really great ways to build some skill sets in your own personal mental health. Yeah. Going for a run, right? right. Or right. if you're not a runner, just, just movement. Just yeah. movement. Yeah, exactly. Just doing something for yourself that you like. Read a book. Mm-hmm. Read, read. you know, I love to read the comic strip. I hadn't done that since I was a kid. I started reading it again. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to start doing that. You yeah. Know? That's, that's really great that we're able to do a lot of that for our staff. When I think about our staff and our students and some of probably the big things that are negative for them, the number one thing that comes to my mind all the time is social media mm-hmm. and how social media never shuts down. And I think about our poor kids Mm -hmm. who they're attached to multiple different, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. When I mention Facebook, my kids roll their eyes. That's for old people, right? It's not cool anymore, but I heard. (laughs) Yeah. But whatever it is, they're on 24-7. And it's zero filter, and people are mean as can be on there. Mm -hmm. And they have – a lot of people have no respect for other people's boundaries and so forth. And so how do we – How do we help kids navigate that social media? It's hard, and it's a tool that was created, I think, originally with great intentions, and it has brought a lot of positive things to our world in addition to some of those negative things. And when I think about the access and the amount of time that our students and our adults are on social media, it's alarming. And I think I heard previously that we have access to 70 plus newspapers a day. If you think back to like when newspapers were your news source, 70 plus a day, which means you can gain any narrative you want. You can get conflicting data. You can see really negative things. We tend to see more negative than positive, but there are 
some really positive sites. And that's confusing for the fully developed brain, let alone an adolescent brain that's not fully developed. And so that's having really big implications on our students and on their well-being. And I think about, in addition to people being hateful and mean, if you're on social media, a lot of people tend to just put the positive out there. And Mm -hmm. so they're only sharing the great things that are happening in their life and all the things they're celebrating, which isn't reality. And so then our students and even adults, I know sometimes I need a break, right? right? Our adults and students internalize that. And well, my life isn't perfect. And I start to compare everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that is a really dangerous place to be. And especially when we don't have those coping skills to help with those feelings and those emotions, that's where we tend to see some of our students and adults be depressed and really struggle with that. That's interesting because I had recently read, and I know it's an old term now, but Facebook envy, mm-hmm. where yeah. someone's on vacation and they're posting their vacation, right. and then you're you're at work and you're just like going, man, their life is so wonderful, right. and mine isn't. Well, that's just their week off. Exactly. You get a week off too. Uh-huh. It's just that that level of things hitting you as as a through social media. Uh, it's really difficult, I think, to discern and 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 split apart what you see out there. And then what like what real life is like, like you said, you it's know, reality. yeah, the reality check. I think it's it's so challenging for all of us in today's society to deal with the social media side of things, the level of change that's happened in what you know whether it's the pandemic mm-hmm. um, or a lot of the misinformation shared out. And one of the things I think about is we work towards our SEL, Mm -hmm. right? Our social emotional learning piece. And can you kind of speak a little bit to what we do in regards to that, what that means as an organization and as a school district that we do for SEL? Yeah. So over the years, uh, prior to the pandemic, schools nationally, but in Indiana as well, we're starting to identify that our students were lacking skills. Some to call them soft skills, some call them employability skills, but really uh, they landed on that defini- definition of social-emotional learning skills. And when we talk about that, we're talking about positive decision-making. We're talking about time management, responsibility skills, how to show empathy towards one another, which we you know referred to a little bit earlier. And really just working on having those coping strategies and skills for when we're going to face stress, anxiety, or just difficulties in life. And so the way that we have been supporting that here in Center Grove is providing that instruction to our students. A lot of our teachers model that for them already and have been doing that for years, but we're trying to be proactive with that. And so if we come in and we're not feeling regulated, what are some things that we can do? Can we find a trusted adult? Can we ask for a break? Can we get a drink of water? Can we do some deep breathing or um, some calming strategies that would really help you? So we're trying to really build our students' toolboxes so that when they face stressful situations, because we know that they will, they have those strategies to do that and are really able to support uh, that regulation and get back into that healthy mindset so that they're ready to learn. So our focus has been there in addition to uh, the employability skills that focus on getting our students ready for when they leave our space. And we hear a lot of times, why are you starting on that in kindergarten and first grade? But it's those skills of getting along with others and working in a team and being being able to work with someone that you might not agree with and having um, those conversations and really being able to hear conflict and know how to handle conflict. That is one thing that we have seen over and over with our students that they are not able to handle peer conflict Mm -hmm. because they go to their screen, 
or they react very largely to something where if they had those skills to support that, they'd be able to do that. So our students receive that in a variety of ways. Our K-5 students have um, explicit instruction twice a month from our SEL counselors. Our middle schools uh, get lessons from their school counseling team to really focus in mainly on those employability skills in addition to being respectful, being safe, and being responsible. And then our high school, that's just built into there every day and their four-year planning and getting ready for what is to come their way after high school, whether that be college, career, or the service. And so we're really working to build those skills and to model those skills for our students and for our adults. And that's so good because I know as an employer, we experience all the time. We hire folks that are truly qualified to do the job. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when we run into problems, it's because of one of those issues. They can't collaborate with their colleagues. You know, they have trouble empathizing with each other, Mm -hmm. and they struggle with having a constructive conflict and getting through it without the whole world blowing up on them. So uh, definitely important skill sets. I hear that from employers all the time. Those are the most important things we need from Mm -hmm. people. Can they work together? Can they collaborate? So I'm glad we're focusing on that, and I think it's great. And, And, Christy, we're blessed to have you in the district. So thank you so much for being here at Center Grove and for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you all for listening to another edition of Listen CG, and we hope to see you next time. Thank you.